What is up, Sheepdog Nation? Welcome to another podcast episode of the Sheepdog Nation podcast with your host, me, Autumn Schmidt. Today, today I'm excited. I'm bringing you a interview that it's interesting because this guy's not a cop. Uh, his name is Kyle Rays. He actually lives in New England, like me, which is pretty cool. Um, but he's not a cop. So you might be thinking, what the hell is he doing on uh, on Sheepdog Nation podcast? You know what he is, though? It's even more badass or just as badass. He's a spokesperson from Law Enforcement Today. Uh, that magazine, the publishing company, I've written several articles for. It is a massive powerhouse on social media that is just constantly updating us law enforcement officers and people all around the world about any events, anything going on with law enforcement. And, you know, I have to tell you, this conversation with him, it went someplace that he and I, we really didn't think it was going to go, but it was awesome. And he, he was, it was an honor to have him on. And so I think that you're really going to like this conversation. So stay tuned and enjoy. So Kyle, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, my background, I worked in TV for about 10 years. I was a producer of news and special projects. I was taught how to make cops look bad. Of course, we never said this is how you make them look bad, but it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the way that the media has shifted and was being positioned more and more over the years. Um, seven second out of context dash cam video and body cam footage that made cops look bad because mm -hmm. it didn't share the full story and departments weren't sharing that story because they were still dealing with IA. Um, I finally got out of the industry back in 2008. I started a marketing agency called Asylum Partner Marketing. I spent the first two years totally screwing up, not having any idea how to run a business, <laughs> but knowing how to market and knowing how to storytell. And then I started hiring people who were a lot smarter than me. The company blew up. And then one day I got off air from Fox and Friends and I had a message in my public figure page on Facebook from a guy named Robert who's the founder of law enforcement today, which reaches now about 25 million people a month. Mm. And Robert said, Hey, you're uh, you're really outspoken in support of Leo's. If we can ever do anything to give you stats or data or information, let us know. Uh, flash forward a couple of months. He said, you can do one thing police officers can't do. I said, what's that? He goes, you can run your mouth and there's not a single department that could fire you. I said, mm -hmm. well, touche on that because we'd like to make you our national spokesman and the rest mm. is history. That's awesome. So, so law enforcement today. So can you, if we all, most of us know about it and if you don't know about it, then you must be living under a rock, but can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about it, Kyle? Yeah, it's by and for law enforcement officers and it's a, a home and a platform to give these guys a voice. And, you know, over the last year, we've taken on some pretty political topics and got some pushback initially. And people said, you know, why don't you just stick with policing? Well, the reality of it is that what's happening in America from a political perspective really directly impacts our law enforcement officers. And we can't bury our heads in the sand and pretend that it's not happening. We can't pretend that proposed legislation in California that's severely restricting the ability of cops to do their jobs isn't going to take their lives. It is this Monday morning quarterbacking that we're finding in society mm -hmm. and the fact that we have you know, overpaid celebrities who seem to think that they know more about policing than actual departments. Mm -hmm. we, we really dove into that and we said, we need to, we need to be outspoken. We can't hide under a rock anymore. 
Um, if there's a topic that impacts cops, we're going to take it on. And so we have a radio show. We've got a podcast. Um, we have this really badass, I could say badass, right? In our show. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay, cool. Because it's super badass series <laughs> called Behind the Uniforms. Uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, that actually started, uh, it started over whiskey and a donation campaign from my company a couple of years ago. No <laughs> so kidding. We've, we've got, yeah, I guess I should probably give you the backstory there because you'll, you'll hear it somewhere. Um, we had pledged as the silent partner marketing to donate $500,000 in services to tell the stories behind the uniforms. Most of my family and friends are cops and we were sick and tired of seeing the disrespect. And so it was part of our DNA as a company to support them. So the very first video that we did with the Manchester, Connecticut police and fire departments blew up 3 million views in a couple of days, got the chiefs on Fox and friends and Ainsley Earnhardt was interviewing them and said, who made this video? And they talked about us and our campaign. And you would think that that would be amazing exposure. But mm-hmm. Antifa found out about it and very quickly buried us with fake one-star reviews, saying mm-hmm. that unless we killed our campaign, they were going to put us out of business for supporting pigs and killers and Nazis. No shit. Yeah, real good people. Uh, keyboard warriors hiding in their parents' basement, wearing tidy whiteies, eating Cheetos. But and oh. mass, uh, when they come out, they have nothing better to do. And so mm. my management team got obviously really nervous about it and said, what the hell are we going to do? I said, guys, there's only one thing we can do. They said, kill the campaign. I said, no, screw that. We're going to double the donation and they can all kiss our American asses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so not, yes. only, not only do we double it to a million dollars, but uh, at that point I had about 80,000 followers on my public figure page on Facebook. So I said, here's what we're going to do. I want you to beat the shit out of these guys in their comments, troll them right back. Uh, you know, attack them by hunting down information about them on their profile and use it to make fun of them and humiliate them and then take screenshots and put it up on my public figure page. Mm. So they, they were nervous to do that. And then they really got into it and got excited when they found that, you know, some of these keyboard warriors work at the Disney store and are part-time pizza delivery drivers on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they did that and our community responded and we got about 1400 five-star reviews over the next couple of hours. And and the rest is is history that is see i didn't see okay this is me being naive living in my little you know corner of maine under a rock i i didn't realize that i didn't know that antifa like would do that would have any interest in doing that well i mean what else do they have interest in doing it's it's not getting jobs it's not volunteering in the community it's anarchy and chaos and being losers yeah that's true i guess i didn't even i i uh like well yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just kind of like, oh, wow. Like you really have like nothing to do with your life. So you're going to, wow. So anyway, so the, so can you tell me a little bit more about it? So tell me, so w- tell me about the series now and like, what, what is that and how can people find it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's on law enforcement today on social media. Um, we're actually about to launch what's the equivalent of sort of the law enforcement world of Netflix. Um, that'll be coming out in the next couple of months. But the, Ooh, the way that, that this is, so a lot of video content, podcasts, stories, information, um, some online training and things of that nature. But the That's way cool. that this series really kicked off was we have a, I'm a big fan of whiskey because, you know, I'm an American. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a whiskey wall in our studio in Connecticut. And so active and retired uh, emergency responders, military, they bring a bottle of whiskey to the whiskey wall. We sit, 
we share a cocktail. They tell you about a good day on the job and a shitty day on the job. And then their name goes on the bottle and the bottle goes on the wall. And then we put those videos out there. So that absolutely exploded and we decided to take the show on the road when we could. So we were actually in 38 states last year. We had everybody from the first guy in the door at the Pulse nightclub shooting to the uh, the guy who ran the bomb squad during the Aurora movie theater massacre and was lifting bodies and looking for bombs underneath to the unarmed cop who ran into Parkland when the shooting started and started saving kids' lives to, wow. I mean, every major massacre or catastrophe that we've had over the last 10 years across America, we've had some of those incredible warriors on the show. Uh, Jesse Hartnett, the Philly cop who was sitting in his patrol car at a stoplight with a Muslim terrorist, walked up to him and started shooting him through the window. He wow. came and, and we sat and shared his story. Uh, survivors from the Dallas Five killings. I mean, you name it. There are so many warriors out there. And nobody gave them a true home and a true voice and a true platform until until now. And so this isn't about me. It's not about law enforcement today. It's about really bridging that gap between civilian and civil servant. Not the cops aren't civilians. Of course they are. But the idea that we have men and women who, listen, you know as well as I do, you got to be a little bit screwed up to be a cop. Like yeah, you, fuck yeah. you, you've got to be a little bit different to run into gunfire. Yep. Um, and so we wanted to be able to help bridge that gap and give them that home and give them that voice. And, that, and that's awesome. Now, let me ask you this. Um, do you talk to like, do you have any, do you talk with officers who maybe haven't been involved in like such public, you know, incidents? Do you ever bring them on? All the time, yeah. all the time. I mean, everyday patrol officers, um, you know, you name it. We've had such a wide variety. We're probably almost 400 episodes into this now. That's amazing. And so we wanted to just give a voice to everybody from that, you know, that everyday warrior to mm. the, the guy who happened to make national headlines. That's awesome. I love that. And so, and, and so the response has been amazing and has Antifa stayed the fuck away or like what are they doing yeah they uh they come out from time to time when they put down their dungeons and dragons and their video <laughs> games um but i think that they pretty quickly realized that if you're going to screw with any group of people it's probably not a good idea to piss off a whole bunch of cops yeah and you and uh, you know you you say that but i gotta say this <clears throat> Well, you also were smart. You developed, you like you developed an army, but you know, if you ever, and I'm sure you do cause you run, you know, a social media company, but like, you know, I spend a lot of my time on Instagram and so th they come out on Instagram and the, and you know, cause they make up all these different profiles. Right. And they come out on Instagram and like, I just see them trolling a lot of the big like, you know, the bigger law enforcement pages. And it's like, guys get a fucking life. Like what, what are you going to accomplish here? Like, right. let's just be real. Like you, you, this is a support cop page. Your opinion is obviously we are going to, you know, get rid of you because you're just a piece of shit. We'll demolish you. But it's like, I, I just don't even know what they're thinking. Like putting their comments, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't go on an, an Antifa page and be like, oh, you guys are, you know, whatever I think about them because like the whole, their whole army's right there. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. Here's what you've got to keep in mind too. Right now in America, we are facing without a doubt the, and I'm glad that we can swear on your podcast. Because Absolutely. Um, we are facing the complete and total pacification of America 
a hundred percent the pacification mm-hmm. of America. I couldn't agree more. You have, and and I can say this because by definition, I'm a millennial. I mm-hmm. really hope that nobody holds that against me. Because <laughs> I, I am too, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have a generation of whiny and entitled people, you know, a, a generation of a tremendous amount of incredible, incredible people. But we also have a tremendous amount of people who have this, it's all about me mentality. Mm-hmm. And they've also never been punched in the face before. Yep. Uh, they've never tasted their own blood. Now, yep. to be clear, you know, when the Connecticut Democrats take that soundbite out of context to put out a press release about me again, mm-hmm. what I'm suggesting is not espousing violence. It's the fact that when you're growing up and you get bullied and you get punched in the face the first time and you taste your own blood, it changes something in you. Yep. It, something in you gets a little bit more hungry, mm-hmm. hungry to, to fight, hungry to protect, hungry to defend. And yet we are launching all of these anti-bullying programs to give people the belief that bullying doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But bullying does exist. I was super fat growing up. I had the shit kicked out of me growing up. Mm-hmm. Instead of teaching me that bullying doesn't exist and, and that we should just talk about our feelings, I was taught how to protect myself and then how to protect others. And so when you have a generation of keyboard warriors who have never tasted their own blood before, we have a really, really big problem in society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then it makes our job as police officers hard because, you know, and I know you hear this, especially if you run law enforcement today, but like a, a very big frustration I know that Sheepdog Nation has, they've come to me over and over and I've experienced it firsthand is you're, you're so right. And, and, but now we're getting called, like, it, it's like, it runs the gamut, right? Because it's like, first off, like I'll go to a situation like a DV, right. And he's beating the shit out of her. And next thing I know, I'm taking, you know, him to jail and she's on my fucking back. And it's like, you know, really, why won't you just let me do my job? Next thing I know, you know, we're, you know, we have a, we have a street fight, right. I was like 10 people. And so we're splitting it up. We're splitting it up. And, and the people who were like called the police, they don't want us to make arrests. They just want to, they just want us to split it up. And then the moment we start making arrests, everyone's like up our ass about it. What are you doing that for? What do you, I didn't, I didn't call you to arrest them. I'm like, Oh, Oh, so you get to tell me how to do my job, you know? And right. yeah, I know I'm with you. I'm with you about America and, and what's going on in the bullying well, and th- but that also pertains to what we're doing with tying the hands of law enforcement officers to begin with right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have states everywhere from, I mean, God, California, the, you know, the People's Republic of California and the People's Republic of Connecticut, they're one and the same. They're just different coasts. But, you know, you look at what's happening in Portland, right? Mm-hmm. Or in Portland, they're now talking about not having deputies respond to some of the anarchy that's out there. I you saw know, you know, and we're creating a very, very dangerous world right now where we're essentially pitting law enforcement officers against each other by saying, guess what? If, if you're a cop in Portland, you better not think that you can help a, an ICE officer. You better not think that's a possibility. So now you are forcing law enforcement officers into a position where, where they need to violate the oath of office, the, the, you know, the, the oath that they took. I mean, what are we doing? What, what kind of culture are we creating in that environment? Right. It's awful. It's, it's, it's not the brotherhood that I grew up on. I can tell you that. So what do you think? Like, I mean, from, you know, 
being behind the scenes at law enforcement today and, and seeing and, and seeing what's going on across the country? Like, well, what do you think? What do you think so, is going to happen? Well, you know, first there's, we were inundated with people who were reaching out who had incredible stories to tell, but couldn't because they, you know, as a cop, you don't actually have a first amendment, right? Like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Um, you have social media policies, you have things that you kind of can't say. And so we have these incredible stories that people were reaching out to us with, but they said, I would love to share this, but, but we can't put my name on it. So finally, we decided to give Sergeant America a voice, Sergeant A. America. And the whole idea is that he is your voice. He's the voice of, of cops that have stories to tell or, or you know, the loved ones of police officers and can't tell those stories because they can't have their name associated with it. So we vet them out. We make sure that they're legit. And then we run with them to give them that voice. Mm. Um, you know, what's really scary to me is that the divisiveness that we face in society these days from a political standpoint is trickling down to our cops and is removing the protections that they have. The loud voice that everybody and their mother has on social media is giving a platform and a soapbox to the anti-Leo crowd. And what's happening is that people who are on our side are bending over and taking it and aren't willing to stand up and fight back. Yes. We're not, we're not fighting the same fight. It's, it's like going into Iraq and thinking, okay, we can go into Iraq and we could tell them to put down their guns or we could all stand on the front lines like we did in the Revolutionary War and shoot the shit out of each other and that's it. Like, no, that's not how they're playing. Right. They're taking advantage of guerrilla warfare to slaughter us and we're still standing there on the front lines thinking, oh, I'm going to play nice. I'm going to play like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to the pacification of America. So now as we see, and, and not to go down the political spectrum, but I think we sort of have to here because of the impact that it has on law enforcement. When you are passing laws that are arguably unconstitutional, some of the, mm-hmm. the red flag confiscation laws and things of that nature, and now you have a divisiveness impacting the Leo world where you have countless sheriffs that are standing up and saying, that's horse shit. And we're not going to enforce that because not only is that not legal just because you decided right now that's legal, Mm -hmm. but that's going to put our cops at risk. And Mm -hmm. that's a violation of our oath. When you force these guys into a situation where they need to either violate their own oath or be fired, you are sitting on a powder keg. I know. I, I know. I know. And, 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 it's 10 a.m. and now you got me all fired up. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, honestly, it's it's the same things. You know, I, I you know we talk about this shit all the time. You know, like our commanders. You know, you know the the chiefs and the colonels and and the sheriffs across America. I mean, there's some of them definitely we could go there, and they definitely have backbones. And it it fires me up when I see that. But I, I'm just going to be honest. Like I have seen so many not like I've worked for my own who have who literally, oh, whoa, 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 whatever the city government wants, that's what we're going to do. Like, wait a minute. No, because you're the, you're the chief here. And, and what are you doing? Like, we're not, we're police officers. We're police officers. We are not fucking, you know, I don't even know. You know, what happens when you have politicians and not chiefs? Agreed. Thank you. This is what happens when you have political appointees, not guys who have actually, and women who have busted their asses to rise to that level. And when their job relies on them bending over 
for whoever happens to be in charge of the municipality during that time period based on the vote. Like, that's a huge problem. I mean, shit, look at what happened down in Broward County around Parkland, right? Like, Uh all around that bullshit promise program. That promise program resulted in the death of these kids. Like, Mm -hmm. that dude should have been behind bars. But because we wanted to reduce on paper the perception that we had crime issues, he was out free. That's not on the patrol officers. That's not out on the, on the cops on the streets. You know, we could talk all day long about the guy who did not run into the school, right? But there's a much bigger issue here. And mm. the issue is that the hands of our law enforcement officers were tied leading up to it. And right now, Coral Springs is the only department that said, you know, what? we're not taking part in this bullshit promise program anymore. That program is still going on where if you get busted doing something really bad, all you have to do is say, I'm sorry, up to 13 times and you're going to get to walk free. Mm-hmm. You have to promise not to do it again. Like, what the hell are we thinking? Well, and, and the thing is, is what's going to happen? Like, what, what is going to happen with this country? That, that's what I want to know. Like, what's going to happen? I mean, just like you said, like, I'll, and I don't, and you are probably way up. You, I know not probably, you are far more up to date on what's going on in Portland. I actually read the Law Enforcement Today article. <laughs> That's how I became up to date. But like, what is going to happen? I mean, these, and there's more than just that city. Like we've been talking about, like, was it Chicago or someplace is talking about like, yeah, these off the policing, we're just not going to police anymore. Like, yep. what, what, what's going to happen? And that's my question is what is going to happen? So we're just going to stand around and just let things happen. So the Massachusetts attorney general identified 15 crimes that she's not going to prosecute anymore. And now the Dallas DA did this Dallas, like what the hell Texas is supposed to be the last bastion of freedom. Uh, I mean, history, I think that Texas is probably even in the Bible somewhere next to Israel as God's chosen land. Yes. And and yet somehow this happened. Mm. So here's what happens. Like, let's, let's play the long game on this, right? You now all of a sudden tell your citizens, we are not going to protect you. We are not going to enforce the law. It is okay for whoever the hell wants to walk into your store, Mr. Business Owner, and steal $600 worth of shit from you, and we're not going to go after him. Now you are encouraging vigilantes. That's exactly what happens. When we have lost faith in the ability of law enforcement to protect us and keep us safe as regular citizens, what else are people going to do? People are naturally, it is human DNA. It is primal in us to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Mm -hmm. And when you force this divide between regular citizens and the men and women who took an oath to protect them, and you don't allow the blue line to be held, now you are forcing people into a situation where you are going to see vigilantes. I'm not saying I, I encourage it or want to see that happen. That's just the reality of what happens. People will protect themselves. And now what happens when you have a business owner who felt like his life was being threatened and so he shot a guy who had a knife? Well, Mm -hmm. that guy didn't have a gun. He had a knife. Who's responsible now? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you who's responsible. These jackass politicians who put cops and citizens in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so we're going down this road of lawlessness. Look at what's happening on, on our border where we're saying, you know what? We don't really give a shit about the law anymore because we feel differently. When you are ignoring the very laws that our country is founded on, then if one law is negotiable, then aren't all laws negotiable? Mm -hmm. So we're putting our country in a very, very dangerous situation. Where we go from here, 
I don't know. I think, you know, I hate to say it, but someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get killed. A city is going to face negligence lawsuits because they allowed it to happen. They told officers to stand down. They told them yep. to not go respond when ICE officers were under attack and God forbid one got killed and their family turns around and sues for negligence. And now what do you do? Mm-hmm. Man, we I should know. be doing this over whiskey. Yes. I agree. I, I could use fired I could use a glass. <laughs> fired up right now. Yeah, and, and it's so true. And it, it is like what is like I guess that's the big question. And I'm just gonna say this too, is like, you know, I, I'm I'm a I and I know you are too, but like I love our president. I love him. I will follow that guy. But the thing is is like it's like, well, we have a strong president now. I mean he he it's, I just feel like he can't go and undo what happened in the last eight years. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm worried, I'm concerned about what's going to happen if he, you know, if somebody else gets into office who's not strong like him. Yep. And well, I'm worried. Well, you should see the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now because I just <laughs> came from the gym and it's a picture of Trump. And on the top, it says live in America, question mark. And underneath it says hashtag he's your president. Yes. So, yes. you know, when I wear, <laughs> I have another tank top that I wore to the gym yesterday that says uh, God, guns and Trump on it. I keep in mind, I live in Connecticut. I know. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I might as well have a target on myself. I walk in there. I've got a great hoodie from a group called Proud Pig. It's a bunch of cops that own it. Yes. I love and that. I love that um, company. Yeah. It's amazing. My hoodie says blue as fuck with a big asterisk in the, love you know, it. instead of the U and it's a thin blue line on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wear that out anywhere down South and people are high-fiving me, fist bumping me. I wear that thing in Connecticut and I get the death glare from people. I mean- mm -hmm. If we weren't blessed to have, you know, three kids up here, my in-laws five minutes away, we would be out of the People's Republic, mm -hmm. gone down south in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what the problem is here. We have a president who you're absolutely right. He loves law enforcement. Yeah, he, he stands does. behind them. Great example. Before the 2016 election, uh, Trump came to Hartford, Connecticut. Clinton came to Hartford, Connecticut, both for separate rallies. When Clinton came out there, she came in the dead heat of summer. And she demanded that law enforcement officers not be seen. She forced them yep. to rent big box trucks with no windows and stay in the back of the box trucks, uh, sweating their balls off or whatever they have if it's not balls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Trump came out and he wanted a police presence to be seen. And he did not leave until he personally bought pizza for all of them and shook the hands of every single cop who was taking care of duty mm -hmm. that day. I mean, yeah. what a difference. Serious. What a difference between love of country and, and love of lawlessness. And, and so. Yeah. And, and you know, Kyle, here's the, here's the thing with that is these fucking morons, you know, what, what is, this is what here's I just have to say this. Here's what fires me up. It's like, okay, you want to be like that, Hillary? You want to be like that, Dems? Okay. So let me just let me just tell you this. And you you were you were talking about this, but I'm just gonna say it is when when shit hits the fan and there's this huge spread, and now we're a lawless country because nobody wants the police to do their actual jobs anymore. I just want to tell you, it's gonna suck to be all of you sheep. That's all I'm saying because the yep. sheep dogs, we're going to fucking stand together. And I'm going to tell you right now, come to my house, come to my house. And I know yeah. that's how every cop feels. Come on over. But I am no longer like, if this is how this is going to go and we're talking down the road and our country is going to get like this, you know, 
we'll just, we're just going to clean house. You know, we're going to do our own fucking purge. And let me tell you, they don't, they don't stand a chance. Like keep, keep doing stupid shit, you know? So we were actually just having this conversation the other day. We're working on a much bigger piece for law enforcement today about what civil war would look like in America. And Mm -hmm. on the surface, we all think, all right, let's roll. (laughs) Let's just do this thing and get it over with. You know, I'm a Christian, so I I don't think let's have war. I think Lord send the flood. Yeah. But apparently I'm not supposed to think that. Anyway, so when we were having a conversation about what it would actually look like, it Mm -hmm. was it was terrifying. It is terrifying. Well, we had guys weigh in, men and women weigh in who are. Uh, you know, special forces combat vets who are CIA, FBI, like the good ones. Um, and they brought up some really good points. And the biggest point that came out of this was comms. It, when you're responding to a major event in law enforcement and you don't have comms, you've got a big problem on your hands. Uh-huh. Chaos. And one of the problems that we have here is it's twofold. One is that the, the left owns the communications. When we put up articles about what's happening on the border, when we have our our guy who's embedded out there share content and videos, our reach gets absolutely decimated through Mm -hmm. social media, decimated. And we're penalized for days after. And so what'll happen, you know, we have a guy, uh, you ever hear of Turtle Boy Sports? No. So Turtle Boy basically calls out people on the left. And he has been had every single page and group, hundreds of thousands of followers shut down on Facebook. Anybody who was an admin, all of their accounts were shut down. Same thing with Twitter. Um, all of the advertising networks shut him down. And it went so far as to block his IP address and also his Wi-Fi at his house. Now, this sounds like some conspiracy shit. Yeah. And if I didn't know this dude personally, I wouldn't have bought it. But when he tries to set up anything at his home through his Wi-Fi on Twitter, it, he can't do anything with it. He goes somewhere else on a different computer and, and uses a proxy and everything. He can set it up. Wow. But his Wi-Fi at his house somehow sets off an alert. And so in a, in a critical situation where we're talking about something like civil war, when communications are strategically shut down, it, it, you've got a whole different scenario. Sri Lanka. Right after those terror attacks on Easter, they shut down all social media. Mm. So it's not, you know, it was actually built into a bill years ago. I believe that this, it was either under uh, Bush or under Obama. I think it was expanded under Obama, but gave the ability to shut down communications during a martial law scenario. Mm-hmm. And so when you cut off communications, you change the game. So that's number one. But number two is that you look at groups that would lead the charge on something like this, like Antifa. And they, they play dirty. They mm-hmm. fight dirty. So again, you're talking about standing on the front lines as if you were in the Revolutionary War versus fighting guerrilla warfare in Iraq. And that's what we would face here in America. Mm-hmm. It'd, be, it'd be awful. Absolute chaos. And I do know what you're talking about as far as the left, you know, in the social media, because I know that like on Instagram, because again, that's like where I hang out is, you know, they even have like the thin blue line, like that, sh- that hashtag that's fucking shadow ban. And like all, I mean, I, I just watched some of these, po- like these, you know, the bigger pages and stuff. And like, they're, they're just like, their content's getting banned and, and deleted left and right. Yep. I mean, we've had ads shut down that were pro law enforcement constantly. Um, we had videos that were shut down. We had pages that were shut down. Anytime you have anything pro law enforcement, 
Um, and, and they lie to you and say, oh, that doesn't happen. We don't censor that. We don't shadow ban. Of course they um, lie. But, but we have countless pieces of, of evidence and proof that they do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I know. So what do you think? Well, now speaking of this, like kind of the Civil War thing, I mean, like, yeah, it's going to get chaotic. But I mean, I, I got to be honest, like, I, I, I can't help but think that somehow, some way, you know, we the law enforcement, you know, we'd come together and we'd figure it out, put up a damn good fight. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, well, and let's keep in mind too, it's not just law enforcement. How many vets do we have in this country? Yeah, no, how many, how many citizens do we have that are well armed? But it's, um, you know, it's, it's a terrifying concept to think about. And I pray that we're never in that situation. You know, I think back to not September 11th, forget September 11th for a second. That was, you know, a tragedy of all tragedies, but what there was one good thing that one good thing that came out of it and i you know i feel disgusting even saying that but the one good thing that came out of that was september 12th i agree on september 12th everybody was displaying their american flag people who hated each other prior to september 12th who hated each other on september 11th came together it mm-hmm. brought america together in a way that we arguably haven't seen before. We had love, we had support, we had you know, the, the crossing of political lines and ideologies, we mm. had unity. That was the only day that we had unity. And we have forgotten about September 11th, but we need to return to September 12th if we're going to have a chance of fixing this country. And what do you think that's gonna take? I don't know. I mean, I, my gut tells me that there'll be another horrible tragedy before that happens again, but it's going to happen right here in America from people who are divided over politics. Yeah, it really is too bad. It's too bad. And I hate, I hate where we're going. I hate it. So Kyle, you've, um, I want to, again, I just want to thank you so much for your time and in, in this conversation. And, of course. And, we really uh, went down a rabbit hole today, huh? Yeah, that you weren't yeah. expecting that. No, I was not. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, so what, what, what do you want to leave Sheepdog Nation with? What do you want them to know? What, what, what do you think? So uh, I, I want them to know that they're not alone. And that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of law enforcement today. I mean, listen, we don't, the, the money that's made through law enforcement today, all of it, every penny of it, gets reinvested back into the platform to give a bigger and a better voice to our Mm -hmm. Leos and to their Mm -hmm. supporters. Um, I'm very, very blessed to run what is the most patriotic marketing agency in America. Um, Mm -hmm. Your your listeners should Google the snowflake test if they have any questions about that. Um, So we're very blessed to have that, which allows us to continue to reinvest into these voices. It, you know, it bothers me to no extent what has happened to our wounded officers here in America. You know how many wounded officers have told me regularly that they wish that they've been killed? Yep, I do. Because, you know, here's what happens. They have that shooting or that stabbing or that accident and the community rallies around them when they're in the hospital and, you know, the the top cops who are political appointees in some cases and all the town politicians rally around saying, you know, hashtag officer strong, hashtag we stand behind you. And then a week later, when they're they're discharged, they're totally forgotten. And now they're fighting. They are fighting for their lives because they can't work and they can't get overtime. And now they're lucky if they even get workers comp or unemployment and they have to fight for that. And if they had been killed, 
they would have had an insurance payout. And how disgusting is that, that, that these men and women had become forgotten after making such a massive sacrifice, after their family made such a massive sacrifice to their community and their country, and they have to fight just to be able to put food on the table. My buddy Sal DeFranco, is a, uh, he's a former Navy SEAL, and he put it best. He runs a company called Battlegrounds Coffee up in Haverhill, Mass. with his wife. He said, we have the greatest country on earth, right? No question about it. We can overthrow governments. We can take over countries. We are back-to-back World War champions, and yet we can't take care of our own. And so part of our mission at law enforcement today is to take care of our own, is to give them a home, to give them a voice, Um, And frankly, we want to also bring them together with some of the companies that are looking to support them and give them promos and discounts and and resources and everything like that. So we're launching this brand new platform. It's going to be under the We The People Alliance. And it'll be in, we're probably about 60 days or so out from it. But we're going to be bringing together the voice of all of those law enforcement officers and their loved ones, giving them a bigger home, a bigger voice, a bigger platform, and bringing them together with some of the businesses that support them as well. So Mm. we're super, super excited about that. We're super excited to continue to reinvest into this cause of giving them a voice. I love it. I, I love it. I've written for law enforcement today. It's one company that I love. I stand by. I share you guys' stuff all the time. Sheepdog Nation, make sure you go check it out. I'm, I'm really excited for this new thing that's coming down the pipe. I'm excited for the law enforcement uh, equivalent to Netflix. I think that's going to be huge. Sheepdog Nation will all like that, especially when we're working the overnights and it's like 2 a.m. and there's nothing going on, but don't tell anybody. No doubt. <laughs> um, Kyle, thank you so much again for being here. And if, and if anybody wants to now, do you like tell us about your company? So if anybody wants to get in contact with your company, where do they find you? Yep, the silentpartnermarketing.com. We we handle all of the marketing for our clients, everything from we made 10,000 videos last year. We oversaw everyone's social media, digital advertising, traditional advertising, public relations, graphic design, video, you name it. And so the silentpartnermarketing.com. And you know, the one thing that, that I would ask of all your listeners in this community is we are as a law enforcement publishing company in the same boat as Uh, Blue Lives Matter and all those other guys where the content does not get the reach of a lot of the other content because of how Facebook and Instagram and Twitter's algorithms work. Mm. And so the way to overcome that is if you believe in that story, if you believe in that content, if you believe in that voice, share that content. Just share it because the more shares that it gets, the more it actually dupes the algorithm to expose it to more people organically. And so if you believe in the mission, just share the content, whether it's a podcast like this or, or an article about what's happening to our wounded officers or a video that gives a voice to, uh, to the fallen officers with, you know, we have amazing partners at Concerns of Police Survivors. We'll be a police week filming a 60 minute documentary called 60 Moments of Police Week filmed a 61 minute Instagram videos. Like if you see this content, you believe in this content, share this content. Mm, powerful. Absolutely. Sheepdog Nation, you heard it here. Share law enforcement today. Share all law enforcement shit. I do it. Too. I, I, my people on my Facebook, they, they get inundated. <laughs> if you're friends with me on Facebook, then you see it all because I'm constantly sharing. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for being here. Sheepdog Nation, we'll see you next time. And that was another episode of Sheepdog Nation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and let us know by giving us a rating. If you have questions that you want answered by Autumn in the podcast, submit it by going to the link in the show notes. As always, stay safe 
and watch your six.